binding the strong man or disarming the strong man. Disarming the strong man. Jesus is encountering the Pharisees at this time because he's healed a man. And Matthew talks about how he heals a man of two different types of things that he was dealing with. He was having an issue with his sight and having issue with his ability to speak. So he was sightless and he had an inability to speak. And so Jesus comes along and he uh, cast the devil out of this, cast this, um, the, the, the demon attack that was on this man, cast those demons out that brought this sickness and disease on this man, cast them out. And now here it is, uh, the Pharisees having issues. They're saying, you cast, the, you cast out the devil by the devil. And Jesus said, that doesn't make any sense. The house divided against itself can't stand. You know, he goes on, he begins to just disarm them, just take all of their strategy, all of the things that they're thinking. He begins to just dismantle their belief system. And then he goes on and he says, but if I do this with the finger of God or by the power of God, then what you need to know is that the kingdom of God is upon you, has come unto you. In other words, the way God operates, his modus operandi, the way he does business has shown up on the scene. Amen. This is how God operates. That's what Jesus tells him. And then he talks about how uh, the strong man, how he keeps his palace there in peace. He says, then a stronger one comes and basically disarms him, takes, a, takes it all, you know, and just kind of just breaks up the whole thing. So we understand there that as Jesus was dealing with him, he's talking about how to disarm the enemy or the strong man. Then he goes on and says something that's real critical. And, he, and of course, always keep in mind that the example that Jesus is working with is that man that had these two issues. OK, he he delivers this man that had these two issues, his sightless being sightless and having an inability to speak. So now that being, if you will, the case study that we're dealing with, he Jesus begins to talk about how that when a spirit, an evil spirit is cast out, it goes into dry places seeking rest. Everybody with me? Seeking rest, looking for a place. In other words, looking for another house because he just got cast out. And when he goes into dry places seeking rest and he can't find none, Bible says, Jesus says, that, that, that spirit comes back to what he called his house because he was dwelling there. He had made his abode there. He was welcomed in, so he was living there. So he comes back, and when he comes back, he finds it, yes, swept and garnished. It is clean. It is clean. It's immaculate. But no one lives there. It's clean, but it's an empty house. The Bible says that when this unclean spirit comes back, he brings with him seven additional spirits, more wicked, more stronger than he, and they enter into this house. And the last state of that house, the state of that house is worse. Now, with that in mind, Matthew 18 and 18 is real critical because that is the teaching of binding and loosing. How you clean up a dirty house. I don't know where that came from, but I thought I'd just say that. It's how you get the enemy out. How you get all of the stuff he brings with him, all of his hardware, all of, his, all of the symptoms that he brings with all of the stuff that he brings with him. Okay, 
how to get it out. And the way we get it out, get, get this demonic influence and demonic activity out of the house, we must bind up the strong man. Okay? And then we must loose the stronger man. The strong man and uh, character is Satan, the devil. The stronger man in Scripture is referring to Christ himself, or if you will, God. All right? So now we, we bind up the strong man, tie up the strong man, get him out of there. Then we loose the power of God in the house. All right? So the guy that couldn't see, the guy that couldn't talk, once those spirits got bound up and cast out, then God's power comes in and releases what in the house? If he couldn't see and he couldn't talk, now he can see. God releases sight, right? And he gives him the ability to speak. That's good, isn't it? Now, the house represents you and I, our bodies. Okay? We talked about the ways that that the enemy can influence the doors to call the do- cause the doors of our house to open. Okay, those three ways are what? Generational curses or what the Bible calls iniquity. Number two, crisis. Something real, something real all of a sudden uh, critically happens and now you don't believe it. Opens up your will, your will is now passive and your emotions are now affected by it. Okay, what's the third way? Ignorance. What we don't know can actually destroy us. My people, Jesus, God said in 4 and 6 of Hosea, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. So destruction can come in because of our ignorance. Now, Ephesians 4.27 says, neither give place to the devil. I know you know this. Okay, but those who haven't been listening, I need to say it for them. Okay, neither give place to the devil. All right, now, because of our ignorance, because of crisis, because of generational curses, doors got open, stuff got in. Now we got to deal with it. Ain't no, ain't no need now to, to cry over spilt milk. Let's do something about it. Let's get it up. Okay? How did this happen? How did this? And start, and start you know, agonizing on how it happened. Because here's what happened. Oh, I'm not even there. But here's what happens many times because of, of, of the strength, uh, our, our spiritual strength that we believe we have and think that we have and confess that we have and even have operated in many times when something happens something occurs we sit there and agonize on how did that happen and you look at yourself not me how could that happen to me how many of y'all have had something to happen to you that 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 shouldn't have happened but it was your fault that it did happen Okay, it was your fault. At first, you didn't know it was, but when you found out some more information, you realized you opened the door. At first, we blamed everybody else for it, but then we realized, yes, that we actually opened the door. Okay, we we actually opened the door. Okay, both hands for me up, feet if I could too. It happens, but my point is, we don't have to agonize over the fact that it happened. Get up. Brush yourself off, and now let's get this house cleaned up. God has, see, the the, the principle of binding and loosing is as a result of God's foreknowledge, 
that we would open the door. He helped like the plan of salvation was already in place before we fell. So God already had a plan to rescue us when we made mistakes. So here it is now. Binding and loosing is a principle that God provides for the believer in order to get the house cleaned up. So we bind up the devil, get him out, and we lose God's power into the house. All right? The house swept and clean, swept and garnished is great. It's beautiful. It's immaculate. But if ain't nobody living in there, then, it, you know, it is now available for the next opportunist. Okay? So we can't waste any time in between on causing that house, once it is vacant, once we get out those old tenants, is we can't waste any time in filling the house. So when the enemy comes back, no vacancy. That's what Pastor Hezekiah says, no vacancy. Okay? Now, several doors that we're talking about. Let's go ahead and get this one right here now. I think we ended with what? The spirit of jealousy. All right. Let's mosey down the road to the next door. And that is the spirit of heaviness. I think I gave you some information on it the last time. It's been a couple of weeks. The spirit of heaviness. That's the next spirit that we're going to deal with that comes from the devil. Okay. It is not a good spirit. The spirit of heaviness. Go to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. Now, let me give you some things. Uh, Let me give you some things. Uh, I think I gave, but let me give them to you again. Some things that are the symptoms or byproduct of the spirit of heaviness. When the spirit of heaviness hits a person, these are some of the symptoms that this person could be manifesting. Excessive mourning. Excessive mourning or perpetual mourning. Accompanied by sorrow and grief. broken heart, suicidal thoughts, and I'll come back to this, depression, despair, self-pity, which leads to loneliness. Okay? Excessive mourning or perpetual mourning, sorrow or grief, broken heart, suicidal thoughts, depression, despair, self-pity. These are symptoms of this particular strong man called the spirit of heaviness. Isaiah 61 
And you know this scripture, but let's just go ahead and identify some answers concerning this particular strong man. Prophetically, Isaiah says here, referring, of course, to Jesus, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Y'all know Luke 4 and 18, right? The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Isn't that a symptom of spirit of heaviness? Yeah. Bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that what? Mourn. Mourn. It seems like another one, right? Verse number three says, to appoint unto them that what? Mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. I need you to catch that. Particularly catch that part. The oil of joy for mourning. Okay, mourning is grieving. Okay. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So it seems to me that right in this particular passage is the antidote for the spirit of heaviness. Everything that we'll need to counter or to get that strong man of heaviness out seems to be piled up right here. Isaiah refers to it in the 61st chapter. Jesus comes along in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 18, and he begins to announce that he is the one that's being referred to. Even though he is Messiah, the anointed one, he says, I, Messiah, who is the anointed one, I am anointed to do all of these things. He goes on and he begins to talk about it. So he's talking about the power of God flowing through him to overcome all of these spiritual attacks, demonic attacks. Everybody here? All right. Now, I believe go, go, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I believe it's verse number 11. I don't quite have this one written down, but this is where we need to go. I want to show you this real quick, then I'm moving. I said 1 Corinthians. All right, 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 2. Verse number 11. Second Corinthians 2, verse number 11. Just want to raise this out, bring this out so you can see it. <clears throat> okay, the context of the scripture, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth, dealing with offense and forgiveness or unforgiveness. That's the context of the scripture. Because many times when we get offended, we don't want to forgive. So the context of the scripture is dealing with offense leading to unforgiveness. But I want to pull out the statement here. Verse 11, he says now, 
lest Satan should what? Get what? An advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Okay? We're not ignorant of his devices. Okay? If we are ignorant of his devices, Satan will get the advantage over us. Okay? We're not ignorant. So what we're doing is we're exposing Satan's devices. The listing of the things we gave you, the Satan's devices. We're exposing. Matthew 7 and 20 says that a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. So you don't have to go through this trying to figure out what's going on. Whatever is manifesting off of the tree, you deal with it. God, what is, what's, what's, in, what's in operation right now? What, what, what is this that I'm dealing with? What's the fruit that is showing? When you see the fruit that's being born, you deal with the fruit. You don't have to be all spooky and try to get all spiritual about it. Whatever the fruit, you de- whatever's manifesting, you deal with that. You, you know what I mean? Okay. And by the time we figure it out, we all tied up and bound up and messed up. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm just trying to be real practical because sometimes we do these, these spiritual calisthenics and all of these things. And, oh, I just, you know, we're praying for hours and days about stuff that God has already given to us because the fruit is showing. Come on, a tree is known by the fruit that it bears. We should be praying in tongues about other stuff, not by the stuff that is revealed and seen. Okay, all right, all right. Amen. I'm, when I start praying in tongues, I'm getting ready to pray mysteries. Because, you know, because there's some things that are not revealed right now that need to be revealed. So when I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying the perfect will of God concerning a matter. You know what I mean? The spirit of God is revealing things. But when stuff is revealed already, I don't need that. Okay. Now. The ed- here is the way Satan. I mean, we've said it already, but let me just say it again. Just so you can have it for, you know, just just for the structure of it. The thing that Satan gets in with the spirit of heaven is through is mourning, grieving. I want you to hear me. Grieving. Real quickly, at least two or three people over here. Give me three, three, three people. Give me three things that can cause grieving or mourning. One. Come on, that ain't loss the only thing. Loss, loss of a limb. Loss of a child. Loss of a child. Okay, death, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, give me one more. Divorce. Divorce. Okay, right here. Things that can cause mourning or grieving. Sickness. Not enough mourning. Mourning. Money. Okay, depression and mourning and grieving. Breaking and entering can cause grieving, theft, right? Grieving. All y'all over here, the whole crowd. Death, 
Defamation of character. Loss of a prized possession. Okay, that, that covers the whole job, loss of a job. All of this can cause grieving. Do y'all want to participate? The hundred of you in this section? Okay. <laughs> you have one? Loss of a pet can cause grieving. Now, here's my point. That we have named several things that can cause a person to mourn or to grieve, right? Here's what happens. That is the gateway or doorway or opportunity that Satan waits to get through. I'm not saying that grieving is wrong, but excessive mourning is a doorway. Neither, 427, neither give place to the devil, foothold. Room, opportunity. Excessive grieving, mourning can open. Satan's waiting because he knows how you feel about that thing. And you're grieving. And he's waiting for an opportunity. And once you stay in there too long, he comes, that's the door. He comes in. God had to, if you will, kick Dave, get up. The firstborn, the first child between David and Bathsheba died. Sackcloth and ashes. Grieving. And God said, that's enough. He's not coming back. Get up. Get yourself together. I'm going to bless you. See? I'm not being insensitive, and nor is God being insensitive towards it, because Jesus even wept for his friend Lazarus and for the city. So there's nothing wrong with grieving. That's the way God allows us to deal with matters, deteriorate, you know, all of this relieves. But when we're excessively in it, Satan now gets advantage, and he gets in. And when he gets in, depression lives. When he gets in, suicidal thoughts. I want to kill myself. I want to end it all. Why? Not because you really want to, but that spirit of heaviness is on you. And God said in Scripture, Isaiah 61, I'm going to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of come on, come on, come on. Because why would God say that? God said that because you can't just get out of it. You need to do something to get out of it. I might as well go here, the bottom line it right now. The way you overcome the spirit of heaviness, you can't be cute about it. No, you got to understand, you can't be cute with the spirit of heaven. You have to, on purpose, aggressively praise God. No, 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 no. I don't know. I'm serious. No, no, I'm serious. Praise and worship is going forth. The leader is standing forth, singing the praises of God, talking about how God has, how God has brought us through. 
Miriam is beating her tambourine. How that God brought them through the Red Sea. Come on. And the army of Moses got drowned. The horses and the chariots were drowned in the water. She's beating the tambourine and they're dancing. What you going to look like, son? Acting like you don't even want to be there. If you're doing this, that means the spirit of heaviness is still on you. To break the spirit of heaviness, it requires aggression. The Bible says, here's an aggressive scripture for you, that the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. That just simply means that, that there is this advancement that takes place. And anytime you're advancing, I'm wired up right now. Anytime you're advancing, you're pushing against resistance. You're going forward while the enemy's trying to push you back. But we're advancing. Tell your neighbor, I'm advancing. I'm advancing. I'm a- tell them to put your head down like a missile and advance. I'm like a bullet that's shot by the power of God. That's how you beat. I mean, you bind and loose to get them out, but you, the way you keep that spirit off, you get in, you look, wait, y'all ready to praise the Lord? Yeah. I mean, be, I'm t- before we can start hitting the instruments, you ought to be jumping and running and shouting and screaming, taking over the praise service. There's going to be a day when, oh God, oh God, oh God. There's going to be a day, here's the principle, where the reapers will overcome the sowers. That just simply means before we can start anything, it's already started. Okay. Be aggressive. That's how you beat this spirit of heaviness. You've got to be aggressive because if you don't deal with this spirit, self-pity will come in. Self-pity will creep in. Loneliness will sit at your doorstep. Poor, poor me. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. A long way You keep that song. I understand where it brought people from because that's what they needed. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child, but that ain't the truth. The truth is God is on my side. The Bible says he's El Shaddai. Y'all know what El Shaddai means? That means that God is the many. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The many-breasted one. That simply means he is a nourisher. He provides what we need. Come on, y'all. You talking about there's an old song that he's been a mother and a father, and I won't take it back. I go there too. Okay. Because he's been so good to me. No, 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 really, really, you have to understand, if you don't attack this spirit, depression will sit on you. Amen. You get a broken heart. One of the things, 
I'm not, I, yeah, let me see. The reasons why the disciples didn't die of a broken heart is because Jesus put the expectations right up front. If you want to come, this is what you got to do. Because this is what we do. We deny ourselves. We take up our cross and we take off. That's what we do. We get into a disciplined position. This is too good for me. Now, here is what the spirit of heaviness does as a result of excessive mourning and grieving. It is designed to take the joy of your life away. It's designed to take the joy of your life away. I'm not talking about happiness. Everybody look about, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. What about joy? Because if I can move into joy, then the byproduct of joy is happiness. Happiness alone is predicated upon what happens. But when I have joy, come on, the joy of the Lord, fruit of the Spirit, come on, an outgrowth of the Spirit, a power, a a, a virtue of God. When the joy of the Lord is present, here comes happiness because everything that's happening Come on, y'all. Comes from this glorious place. My Lord. If I don't deal with the spirit of heaviness, I'll deal with despair. And what despair does, despair takes my hope away. And if if my hope is gone, I am now in a place where I am not expecting anything. And the moment I lose my expectation, I have just relinquished my future. So I might as well die. Expectation has to do with what's coming. Can't fool with the spirit of heaviness. Ugly. Ugly. Try to take the joy of life away. Let me give you one more symptom of the spirit of heaviness. There's an outgrowth called insomnia. Y'all know what insomnia is, right? What? You can't sleep. Hmm. One of the outgrowths, symptoms of the spirit of heaviness, the way I can know that I'm dealing with the spirit of heaviness is my sleep is taken from me. Why would Psalm 127, verse number three, talk about how God gives his servants sweet sleep and then I can't sleep one of his servants. And let me just throw this in there to mess with y'all minds just a little bit. Be careful how you assess God keeps keeping you up all night.
I'll just leave it there. You do whatever you want to do with it. But I want you to carefully assess the whole idea of God keeping you up all night, taking you from your sleep, taking you from your rest, taking you from, whoo. Think about it. I'm not saying that God ain't talking to you through the night. I'm not saying he ain't waking you up. I just want you to assess. Think about it. Our sinner said, do, makes you do, makes you, yeah. That's all I want you to do. I want you to think about it. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church now, but that's quite all right. That is fine. He said, we're thinking. <laughs> all right. Did y'all get that from the spirit of heaviness? Everybody understand? Spirit of heaviness. Okay. You got to be aggressive to break out of it. Okay. When you bind it and loosen, don't be all mamsy, pamsy and all that stuff. You get busy with it. <laughs> Satan in the name of Jesus. You know what I mean? You step up boldly because you've been given authority. You and I have been given authority over all of the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt me. You know what I mean? So I'm bold. Just got to be bold as a lion. Just step on out there. Satan! I don't come in Stephen's name, but I come in the name of the Lord. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? And you get busy. You get busy with it. You know what I mean? I bind you up, spirit of heaviness. You are an evil spirit. You're causing depression to come over my life. You're causing disparity to come over my life. You're causing suicidal thoughts in my head. You're making me feel lonely. I bind you up in Jesus' name. I'm better than that. Okay. I cast you out, and now I release now. Oh, God. I release now the joy of the Lord providing strength for me right now in the name of Jesus. I praise God. I release the spirit of praise now in this place now that overcomes the spirit of heaviness. Yeah. 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 For the Lord has called or turned my mourning into dancing. Glory to God. Y'all get this? Y'all get this? Oh, this is good. Go ahead and lick your fingers. I'll take, give you five seconds. Go ahead and lick. Now, let me just give you this, and then we're, we're going to go home. Let me give you this. We're, gonna, we're moving now to the next, the, next, oh, the next strong man. The next strong man is the spirit of haughtiness. The spirit of haughtiness. Let me just break it down. That's pride and arrogance. Oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to box on this one. We're going we're gonna to really box on this one. Yeah. The spirit of haughtiness. Pride. Conceit. Arrogance. Self-righteous. Rebellion. And self-deception, that's going to be a a rough one. Self-deception when we get into that. Because so many of us have deceived ourselves. And we do it through what we call confidence. There's a godly confidence and then there's a self 
confidence. Yeah, I got to stop. We're going to jump into this because this, the spirit of haughtiness is as evil as evil comes. Okay, and it's catching a lot of the saints of God who would declare up and down, I ain't got, I ain't, I ain't got no pride. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't a prideful person. Well, let's look at this. When we get into it, let's see if we can be honest. All right, I'm going to bring some gauze and some bandages, you know, because if you, if, if you get honest, you can be healed. Amen. So we're going to deal with the spirit of haughtiness. Let me give you the, the scripture that we'll work with. That's Proverbs 16, verse number 18. Proverbs 16 and 18 will be the scripture that we will use to make entrance into the spirit of haughtiness. Arrogance, pride, and conceitedness. All right? We're going to see who's got the spirit of conceit on them and in them. Hallelujah. And then we're going to quickly get you out of it, too. All right? All right, amen. Did you all get blessed tonight? All right, all right. We're going to stop there. We'll pick it up later because if, if I don't stop, I will keep going. We'll be here for the rest of the night. Is right. Stand to your feet.